Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 6. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the cap for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will re rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your field and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and all, and in their riches you will boast. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we pray that as we look uh, together at this part of the Bible, that you would help us to tune into it. Tune into a different time, a different place. But you, the living God, who is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, speaking to your people and through the prophet Isaiah to all of your people through all of time since. So please, would you speak these words into our lives today? In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, it is really good to see you. It's really good to be together. We're starting to look at part of the Bible today that uh, has been inspiring me in the last few months. That's why we're here uh, in the end of Isaiah. Uh, and particularly where it's uh, in verse 3, uh, the bit there where it talks about being oaks of righteousness. That's something I've found has really lifted me and kind of fueled my imagination uh, in the last uh, couple of months. There's something I find inspiring about it. Possibly uh, being tall was uh, a bit of a link that I made, but it's not just about how, whether we're tall or small. Uh, it's actually for all God's people, we are called to be oaks of righteousness, which we'll think more about. We're called to grow into people who are mature, established, able to cope with the seasons of whatever life throws at us. Now, you see the relevance of why that may have been a help to me and an inspiration in recent days. Isaiah, he preached the time where things were going okay for the people of Israel. And the thing that he had to do is to warn them, they may be okay now, but they're going to get much, much worse. That was the beginning of the book. Uh, they were going to be conquered by an invading army. They were going to be taken away into exile. Um, and um, 
Now listen, I'm not a prophet like Isaiah, you'll be glad to know. I'm not saying anything about the next few months for us, um, although I do know winter's coming and yeah, there will be challenges with that. But as we look at these visions that God gave to Isaiah and through Isaiah to his whole people, we'll be looking at something that God gave to sustain the people through hard times. And so whatever we face in the days, weeks, months, years ahead, these visions of God and of God's future will sustain you and me in our Christian lives and grow us too. Because God and the future haven't changed. God is still the God of verse 1, the sovereign Lord who's ruling and isn't caught out by circumstances. And his future that Isaiah is um, preaching, he's promising what's going to happen, it's not just a restoration in history, it's a transformation of, in eternity. It's a new heavens and a new earth that Isaiah is looking forward to. And so we're going to be tuning in and looking at that together over the weeks to come. Starting with Isaiah 61 today in two things, two things. The ministry of God's Messiah and God's purpose for his people. That's where we're going to be today. Verse 1, there's someone coming, says Isaiah. An anointed one, or Messiah, means the same thing. Not anointed by other people, but directly anointed by God, the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's what Isaiah promises. Fast forward 700 years. Okay? And imagine yourself, you may have been there to what's left of it, in a synagogue in Nazareth. And the local boy is back, the one they're all talking about. You know, the carpenter's son who's become the preacher. He's back. And they ask him to read. And they give him the scroll of Isaiah and he unrolls it to this exact point and reads out verses 1 and 2, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he sits down and says to the people, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And you can read more about that in uh, Luke chapter 4. Now, we're not going to be lazy and say, oh, well, if this is about Jesus, let's just close Isaiah and zip to the New Testament. The reason we're not going to do that is because what we find here in these prophetic visions in the Old Testament is they're highlighting aspects of Jesus that fill out our picture of who he is that we get from the Gospels. Particularly because they're ahead of time. They tell us how his coming fits into God's big plan for everything and for the future of history and eternity. So today, for example, what we just read, what Jen read to us, gives us a sense of how Jesus felt about his mission. I don't know whether you, as you read it through, as Jen read it through for us, or you've got it open, if you've got it open, you can sense his anticipation, his enthusiasm, his exhilaration as he carries out this mission. At the end of the chapter, which we didn't read to, verse 10, it tells us of his delight and joy to be doing this. As Jesus quoted it in the synagogue in Nazareth, he knew he was fulfilling it, and it tells us he was joyful to do that, in spite of the pain and the cost and the suffering of dying on a cross that he knew would be the culmination of it all. He was filled with joy to be the saviour of the world for you and me. 
Did you notice if you read through the list of people who benefit from the Messiah's ministry? The poor, the brokenhearted, those who are captive nowadays, we'd say, to addictions, those who are in prison, those who want to escape, those who feel prisoners in their own home, they can't get out, those going through loss and grief. Often it is when uh, you or I are consciously in need that we actually think, okay, maybe I'll pray, maybe I do need a saviour, maybe I'll ask for help, and maybe that's been an aspect of the last few months. The ministry of God's Messiah is to proclaim good news to the poor. It obviously means the literally poor. Good news to the literally poor. God isn't going to base the kingdom on some kind of version of capitalism. He's come for you. But also God, good news for the spiritually poor. When we get to the Beatitudes, when Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying it's possible to be materially rich, but to be spiritually poor, to be a billionaire, but to be morally bankrupt. Jesus comes for the spiritually poor too, and so he comes for all of us. Because all of us need him. We need our spiritual lives to be made right. This sin problem we have, where we go against God and go away from God, that needs to be dealt with. Jesus comes to sort out spiritual and moral poverty too. So who needs him? We all do. It's not just people who feel the need, it's all of us, whether we feel it or not. So how are you doing as we regather, as we go into the autumn? Some of us will have had a good lockdown. Some people I've spoken to are quite positive about some, all the benefits. And you'll be going into the autumn feeling pretty confident. Can I persuade you, don't, if, you're, if we're feeling like that, don't let's ignore that we are still people in need of our Saviour, of Jesus and his ministry. Others of us will be very aware of the brokenness, the poor feeling, the grief, the feeling trapped maybe as we talked about, the, the feeling captive to negative thoughts or negative habits, the prisoner in our own home feeling, the I want to get out. This anointed preacher mends broken hearts. He ministers to people in grief, to people in pain. He provides, if only we'll admit our poverty and go to him. The kingdom of God is at hand. Preach Jesus, repent and believe the good news. That's how we receive God's favour. The ministry of the Messiah is to preach and proclaim. So how do we respond? By listening and turning to him. That's repenting and then trusting what he says. That's believing. And as we do that, we receive the blessings of his ministry, the favour of God in our lives. So don't let's pretend to be strong. We need him. Let's go to him. And if, if we are feeling broken, don't let's get used to that and stay broken. Let's go to him for healing. Turn to him. Listen to him. Trust him and ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit.
He would love to do that, to bestow on you the, um, the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's all quoting verse 3. And that leads us to the second thing here, God's purpose for his people at the end of verse 3. It's what I've already talked about. Being called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Have you ever played that game with friends where um, uh, you ask them to tell, tell you which animal um, you remind them of? And then you're allowed to say, well, this is the animal I'd really like to be. Uh, ever played that? I, I, I just, uh, there are certain people who like to play that. You go and catch up with them and say, you know, that's just a kind of icebreaker game. In my case, you can see what I get. Giraffe. Uh, versus, you know, I think, you know, panther or something exciting is what I'd rather be. Well, here it's the same thing with trees, okay? I suggest that you probably don't want to be a holly or prickly or a leylandi annoying the neighbours. But to be an oak, that's all right, isn't it? To be strong, mature, established. To be able to give shelter to others. Yeah, that's something. The ministry of the Messiah is to make ordinary people, God's people, into a planting of oaks of righteousness, right with God, right with one another, and living rightly as we respond to God's mercy in our lives. And we're given, given this status of being Oaks of Right. It's a gift. It's a new name to go with a new identity, to do, go with a new reality. That we are Oaks of Righteousness. We are established by God to be his people. And it's not just individually. Did you see? We're a planting. We together are this for God through Jesus for the display of his splendor. So you and I, we're in it together. We are this people of God together. We experience him alongside each other. I think those of us who've been tuning into the uh, Gospel in Life course, we've been thinking, haven't we, about community, being a community for one another and a community for our wider community. And it's the same sort of picture. That's God's purpose. It's the vision of verse 3 that people would see churches, churches like this one, and they'd say, wow, what a display of God's splendor. It must be a pretty impressive gardener to take that lot of people and make them oaks of righteousness, to develop them to reach their potential, to take spiritually poor, morally bankrupt people and make them a planting of oaks of righteousness growing alongside each other in a community, for a community, and for his splendour. That's what people are supposed to do and say when they get to know us and they see God at work amongst us. More than that, verse 4, if you're looking down, he makes his people partners with him in rebuilding. And verse 6, he makes them priests, which is talking about the intimacy of access to God through Jesus by the Spirit. Now, this prophecy of Isaiah, it was sort of fulfilled a little bit when the exile got to the end. The people came back, they rebuilt the temple and restarted worship there. But that was kind of, if you like, that was the bud, the flower 
the full flower was when Jesus came, when he stood and when he preached in the synagogue at Nazareth and he announced the arrival, the good news of the kingdom and he died on a cross to make a way back for sinners to become the oaks of righteousness. And then he rose from the dead to new life and sent out his people, his disciples into the world with the good news for all, for the world. That we, you and I, get to play a part in his mission, verse 4, to rebuild, to restore, to renew. So all of that, that vision, it starts with you and me, God restoring and rebuilding stuff in your life and my life. I know I really need it. I think we all do. But it, it doesn't just start with the, it just stop, it starts with the individual, but it doesn't stop with the individual. That's the thing here. It, it, it happens in our relationships with each other. It happens in our family life. It happens at home, in our, in our exact neighbourhood, those we've been in touch with. That if we're back at work, uh, when we're in the workplace, it happens with those Zoom calls. It happens as, we, as things are renewed and restored. And, uh, and we make mistakes, and we will do, but then we go back, and with the help of God, we confess it, and we, we have the help of the Spirit, we, we live differently the next day. Or maybe we live exactly the same, and we repent again, and we do it again, and... And then God grows us in these things. That's what God is doing amongst us. It's a transformation as we grow together. And it's a planting together. So I think we're supposed to imagine a woodland, if we uh, think about uh, verse 3, or a forest, if you want, with all the trees that are there, and they're different ages and stages and all the rest of it. You've got the mature trees, the older ones, alongside the young ones springing up. And, and they're sheltered for a while as they grow. They, they, they've got room to grow until the older ones do die off and then fall to the ground and then the younger ones rise and take their place. That's the vision of a forest, of a woodland, and of a church. So, thinking about that picture, what do you feel you are in the woodland? Where do you feel that you're at at the moment? Some of us will think, well, I'm a bit of an acorn, to be honest. I've heard about Jesus, the good news, it's been planted in me. I'm not sure it's yet changing my life. But Jesus says, well, keep listening. If you've got ears to hear, let them hear. Keep listening and, um, and ask. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So keep tuned in, keep asking, keep seeking, and you will find. Other of us might be saying, well, I'm, I think, you know, it's not about our age and years, it's about how we feel as Christians, and you think, I'm a bit, a bit more of a sapling. Yeah, I'm out the ground, I'm growing, I'm a bit of a sapling. Well, that's great. Your roots are in God, keep listening to Jesus, keep, again, seeking the Spirit, and he'll lead you. He'll guide you as you grow. The same if you think, well, actually, yes, some of us will think, yeah, I'm a bit more of a mature tree. And um, we, we need the word of the Messiah and we need the Spirit of God just as much as anybody else. And we need to take the lead in some of this restoring and renewing and rebuilding ministry, don't we, if we're more mature. Or it may be you think, well, I'm actually, to be honest, Steve, I'm a bit of a stump. I used to be quite a bit keener as a Christian than I am now. Isaiah, he uses this image of um, 
the Messiah as a new stump, uh, sorry, a new shoot coming out of the old stump of Israel which has died. And if you, uh, on your way home, look at the uh, trees down the side of this building, in fact, you can just about peep it through the window diagonally, um, we, in order to make light for the gardening project, cut down the uh, big trees that were there, but you can see them bursting into life because their roots are still there. And so it is for you and me. It's always a loss if someone who's been following Jesus keenly goes AWOL, and it's a loss for them, it's a loss for the church, and it's really sad. But it's not the end of the story. God hasn't changed. He's the faithful one that we sung about. And so the roots go straight into him, still into him, and new life will will burst out as we, conti- as we tune back in to the God of grace and the word of the Messiah and ask the Spirit to change us. One final group, you may feel, actually, Steve, I'm feeling pretty worn down. Um, life or um, the years or illness or suffering. It's uh, pretty much taken the stuffing out of me. Well, do you know, again... You've got your roots into God. Then just like a tree, you'll see even in an oak tree that's been struck by lightning, half of it's fallen off, you'll still see new life burst out. And the same will be true for you and through you, even if you feel worn down at the moment. So let's all, in the coming months, commit ourselves to the word of the Messiah and to seeking more of God, seeking the Spirit to fill us and lead us in life, both individually and together, um, in life groups, uh, in, in online, uh, in actually in the building church. Let's do it together. Let's encourage each other. One final thought. Don't miss the warning. You probably might have missed it as we read through verse 2. And... Uh, Jesus highlighted when he came, when he read um, this, verses 1 and 2, he stopped before the end of verse 2. He stopped by declaring that he was proclaiming the year of the Lord's favour. How does the rest of the uh, verse go on? And the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus stopped because his ministry was all about the Lord's favour. And it still is. (laughs) We're still in that year of the Lord's favour, that long period, that 2,000 years of the Lord's favour that we can come back to God through Jesus. But also, he will come back. And at the end of time, of history, there will be a judgment, a reckoning, a, 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 a recompense that the wrong that's been done in the world that people have refused to repent of will be receiving It's just punishment by God. But we're in the year of the favour. There'll be a moment that's coming. We need to be warned by that. But the whole heart of God is the year of favour, the 2,000 and more years of favour to say come back to the gracious God who comes to heal us, to restore us, to renew us through the Messiah, Jesus. We can know the ministry of the Messiah if we just go to him and ask, healing us, restoring us, binding us up, making us new, will we do that in these days? And will we embrace God's purpose for his people in these days to be a planting together, oaks of righteousness, 
for his greater glory and splendor as we allow him to work in our lives.